Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast, hosted by Brian Bisking. Brian started this weekly podcast to give a voice to leaders of our community, to share their story, their journey, and the lessons that they have learned along the way. Brian grew up in a small town outside of St. Louis, where he watched his father run a small business and was always interested in how the leaders in his community got where they are. Whether it's a local business leader, a philanthropist, or a celebrity, these are your STL Leaders. Join us today, where we will chat with another pillar of our community on this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. And now, your host, Brian Bisking. Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. On this week's episode, we welcome Jay Delsing of the PGA. But before we get to this week's episode, I want to thank my sponsors. First, NWO IT Services, Synchrony HR, Enterprise Bank and Trust, The Tom James Company, Go Brand Go, and Edward Jones. And now to this week's episode with Jay Delsing. Jay Delsing, welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast. I appreciate you coming on today. Oh, Brian, it's a pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, we got connected uh, by a couple different people through networking, and I actually had the privilege of uh, watching you and following you at the Ascension Charity Golf Tournament here in St. Louis. Uh, I guess that's about a month ago now, maybe more than that. Um, and so I'm excited to have you on today and talk to you a little bit about your career. Well, I appreciate you wanting to talk about my career, and I'm, I'm glad to answer any questions, and it's an honor to be with you. Absolutely. Well, I'm a big golfer, so I'm excited to dive in. Let's kind of start with that. Let's talk about kind of growing up and what your pathway was to the PGA Tour. Yeah, so I started caddying over at Norwood uh, when I was 12 and 13 years old, and um, just a kind of a, a sports junkie. Uh, my dad was a professional baseball player, but he had retired the year that I was born. So I never really got to see him play, but I was always, uh, baseball still been and will be the first love of my life. I still love it. Um, and um, gosh, I want to play in golf just because um, the, the programs that they had at the time, Brian, aren't like what our children have options now to play so much baseball all the time. And we played a little church league. And so I wound up moving into golf because I could set my own schedule. I could caddy in the morning and then I could play 36 holes in the afternoon and things like that. So I, um, we didn't have a lot of money. And so I know I knew I needed to get a scholarship to, to go to college. So I didn't have to pay for it. And I was fortunate enough to, to get one to UCLA, which was just like a dream come true for me. It's beautiful out there, very great school to get a degree from, which was important to me at the time. And, an athletic department that was second to none. And so I kind of jumped out to UCLA and then had a, a really nice career, won some, some really nice tournaments in college, which I just kind of progressed into the, I'm a real competitive guy. I love the game. And you know, once I got out of school, I was an all American a couple of times at UCLA and then went right out onto the PGA tour and thought I knew everything about golf. And really that's when all the, the learning began. 
<laughs> yeah, well, you mentioned a little bit about kind of the work that goes into to that. You mentioned playing 36 holes in the afternoon, caddying in the morning. So you surrounded yourself with golf. Sounds like growing up. I did. And I just been, I got to tell you, Brian, I've been so fortunate that uh, this game uh, is a societal powerhouse, man. Uh, the PGA Tour, which I'm proud to say I'm a life member of, donates more money to charities every year than the Major League Baseball, NBA, NFL, and NHL combined. And wow. does it every single year. And it's just, I'm so, so grateful to be part of those organizations. And you mentioned the Ascension Charity Classic. I was fortunate enough to be on the, as an, an ambassador for the Ascension, uh, for Ascension and the Ascension Charity Classic. And in our first year, Brian, we raised over $800,000 for North County Charities. And, and those are things that it, it was more ancillary, to be honest with you. I wasn't aware of any of that stuff when I started. And I am so proud and delighted that that's the way this thing goes. I mean, it's just, just really neat. Yeah, absolutely. I could, I'm, I'm sure it is. I was out there for the Ascension charity classic. Like I said, I followed you. I was out there with MetLife and um, a friend of yours, who's also a member out there. And uh, we watched you and got to watch some other cool guys that, you know, I grew up like John Daly watching John Daly growing up. I, I also grew up, my father was a big golfer and, and he had me on the golf course when I was, man, five years old, I feel like. And I played in high school and I still play to this day. I played, you know, play as often as I possibly can. And obviously that sometimes that can change once you have a wife and kids that, you know, priorities have to shift a little bit. But I love the game. And, and let's talk about the Ascension Charity Classic. There was, was it 40,000 people that they had out? They, they blew out the numbers they were expecting. Yeah, I think it was closer to, I think it was past 50, but yeah, I mean, what we did in the inaugural year, Brian, was just um, really special. Honestly, Nick Ragone and Steve Spratt, these guys were the kind of the, the brain trust behind this whole idea, and it started many years ago, and then we kind of got derailed a little bit by COVID. It was the right thing to do, but man, it was a, it was a punch to the gut, you know, because we really wanted to, to launch this thing, and um yeah, to see the people and, and, and the, the community show up, the corporate support. I think we had 62 or three uh, corporate skyboxes, Brian, which is unheard of on the Champions Tour. And to raise that much money, uh, especially in the inaugural event, throws us right at the top of the list or near the top of the list for the Champions Tour. Uh, and yeah, it just, having the association between a great, corporate citizen like Ascension and the PGA Tour. It's, uh, man, it's terrific. It is great for the community. It's great for golf. And I really think Ascension uh, is getting some great benefits out of it from the corporate side as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, you know, that kind of goes hand in hand with what the PGA Championship had at Bell Reeve in 2018. I mean, uh, you're talking about numbers like, you know, 50,000 at, at Norwood, and there was over 100,000 at Bell Reef for the PGA Championship. And that's got to point some signs to the PGA and the PGA Tour that St. Louis is a great place to have a tournament. Obviously, uh, last week there was some great news out of St. Louis from the golfing uh, world that, you know, the Bell Reef will be hosting uh, the President's Cup in 2030, which I think is is going to be amazing. I, I, um, I wanted to make it up to the Ryder Cup this year in Whistling Straits in Wisconsin, but uh, wasn't in the cards. So I think having a tournament like the President's Cup here will also just point another great light on our on our community here in St. Louis. Oh my gosh, 100%. The PGA Championship 
it was the hundredth anniversary of the PGA Championship at Bell Reven. Um, the numbers that they did blew away anything that had happened before in that um, storied uh, major championship, and that definitely uh, got the attention from the Ascension folks. And they were already in on golf already, but um, yeah, it, it was a spectacular um, event. It was seen in over uh, 500 countries by, oh my gosh, I don't oh, over 200 countries by, I think over 500 million people. Uh, wow. I think that's what I read. And, and so I know we're a baseball town and I told you about my affinity for baseball, but the PGA championship so far surpasses anything that this town has ever seen in terms of size and magnitude of a, of a sporting event. You know, the world series are great and I've loved every minute of them, but it, it, the PGA championship dwarfs it in, in, in size. Absolutely. Well, I, yeah. And I, I love baseball too. I'm a huge Cardinals fan and, but it's uh, you know, you don't get to go to a, a golf tournament like that every, every day, every year. And so when they come here, it's really good to see the city of St. Louis and the community of St. Louis County and St. Charles County and surrounding counties to rally behind that and show the PGA that we are a golf town as well. So I think it's really, really cool. Yeah, and uh, and in 2026, Bell Reef's going to have another event. It's kind of a sneak preview, but we're the BMW Championship is a playoff event, and we're going to get that in 2026 at Bell Reef. But it hasn't been announced. It's kind of a maybe not a great kept secret, but I, I um, there's some title sponsorship issues with is BMW going to re up or is, are they going to go for a different title sponsor? But um, I think we're going to have. A, a really cool event in 2026 as well. So yeah, St. Louis provides, puts its best foot forward in so many different ways. And our commissioner, Jay Monahan was talking about that after he watched the Tiger Woods, Brooks Kepka kind of showdown. It yeah. fell even said, wow, this city is really special and really supports its sports. And, and he's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk about your podcast. Tell me about your podcast and share it with, uh, with my audience. Well, thanks. I have a, a radio show on 101 ESPN here locally and in a, a go, maybe a two, three state area um, uh, called Golf with Jay Delsing. And for lack of a better name, it's just a really boring name. But what um, <laughs> I've been doing it for almost three years now. And um, gosh, I just had some wonderful guests. And all I really wanted to do was get interesting people talking about life talking about golf, talking about the challenges they face, Brian, and, and, and relate it back to how I played on tour, how the game, what the game has meant to me, what it's meant to my, my family, the community. Um, yeah, it's the, my guest list is I've been so lucky that some of the people have come on. I had Jack Nicholas on not too long ago. I had Wayne Gretzky on. So to get two goats, you know, in, in their spaces, to have them on, it was really special. If you like music, I had Vince Gill on, um, and he's won more uh, Grammy Awards than any uh, single male artist in music. And he just loves the game and told some fun stories. And so it's just really about uh, really telling stories is what, what it's about. It's more like I want it to be, I, I envision my show brand being more like a variety hour than just completely golf centric. Um, but uh, just last week, I had Lieutenant Colonel Dan Rooney on that founded Folds of Honor. And this guy, yeah. Patriot Golf Day, but did $7 million this year. And that's literally some buckets on tees that people are throwing $20 bills into, you know, to support our military and their families. And 
Um, so all uh, the, the goal of my show, and I appreciate you asking about it, is really to just grow the game and tell people this thing builds children's hospitals. This game supports communities. With the PGA Championship that we mentioned in 2018, Brian, a half of the money's raised there stayed local for local charities. It's it's a huge deal. It's a great um, blueprint for really, really making a lot of money. And when I've been able to interview some of these, you know, bastions and and business and sport and things, going over the resume like Jack Nicholas. I mean, just since 2014, Jack and Barbara Nicholas have raised over 200 million dollars in a charity they created in 2014. Wow. And that doesn't. And Brian, that doesn't even talk about the memorial tournament Jack's had for over 30 years in Dublin, Ohio, at Muirfield. It doesn't right. talk about the other hospitals that he's participated in. Arnold Palmer, when I got to interview him, he built three children's hospitals himself. You know, I mean, that's what this game and these people that play the game have done. And I'm just delighted to be part of it. And that's kind of the, the song that we try to sing on the show and have yeah. some fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm sure some of those guests like Wayne Gretzky, Vince Gill, all those guys would be fun people to have to have on your show and interview, which kind of leads me into, you know, kind of your broadcasting career. Talk to me about how you went kind of from the tour to, to broadcasting, how that came to be. Well, um, Joe Buck is just a great guy. And when Fox bought um, the uh, USGA franchise from the from the USGA and, and kind of wrestled it away from NBC, uh, Joe had asked me if I would be interested in trying to do a, a, some of the golf broadcasting with him. I said, oh, my gosh, I'd love the opportunity. And, you know, this guy is like, uh, oh, my, I mean, he's like sitting in an easy chair, the way a rocking <laughs> chair, the way he does. I mean, between Super Bowls and being the youngest uh, to, to broadcast a World Series and, you know, the Emmys that he's won and everything. And so I was just honored. And um I'm so appreciative of him. And, and then we kind of went after it. And um, it was a really interesting experience, Brian. I loved it. Um, at the end of the day, I mean, Joe's a stud, but I don't think Fox was all that good. I think we didn't have any chemistry within the team itself. Uh, we didn't last long enough to really develop some sort of identity. I thought they had some really cool ideas. I wish we could have kind of seen them, you know, through to the end of the day, but it just wasn't in the cards, you know, and, and uh, Fox sold them the rights back to uh, NBC, but after uh, five years, but what's interesting, Brian, for me and as a golfer to get to look at the game from a different lens and to watch the great players that I was able to follow and broadcast and report on, it, it really changed a lot of things for me and how, um, if I could hit a rewind switch and I'm not a person with any regrets, really, I am, like I said, you'll never have anybody on your show luckier or more fortunate than I am. Things have been gone so well for me in my life, but I would have done my career a little differently. I would have worked at it a little differently. I just learned from a different lane, you know, being able to not have clubs handy and be able to watch and just kind of observe. It, it was a, a really cool learning experience and it, it um, reaffirmed to me how difficult the game is. <laughs> I see some of the great players <laughs> play just like I do when I'm off and I was like, oh my gosh, it's a yeah. hard game. 
It is. It's definitely a hard game. I, my father-in-law and I, uh, he plays a lot of golf and I text him every once in a while about the game. I, I played Friday and, uh, I couldn't putt worth a darn, but I was hitting my, my drum, my, you know, woods and my irons fantastic. And, you know, and then I go out and play yesterday and I can't hit my driver worth a darn, but I'm putting fantastic. And it's just, you know, it's, it's very rare that both of my games are working at the same time. It's usually one or the other. And, and he said, that's the fun of golf. It's, it's rare that they both can work together and to see these, you know, pros go out there and day in and day out they're everything's working for them, you know, um, and, and they're shooting under par and, and fantastic. And yeah, it's definitely a hard game, a fun, fun game, but it can be a little bit mentally challenging as well. Oh, yeah. I'm a gigantic mental midget because of the game. I mean, it has burned up a lot of gray cells. Um, it's, it's really interesting how, you know, uh, this kind of an interesting stat, but the professional golfers that play on the PGA Tour make 80% of their money, Brian, every single year in six events. So wow. by nature, the game is streaky, right? The best players in the world are experiencing that streakiness. And um, it's it's also part of the allure because no one has ever mastered it. You've had the great Jack Nicholas, you've had Tiger Woods, you've had some of these other great champions, but they've also had their lows. They've also had downtimes. They've also had, you know, those areas and parts in their careers and their lives where things just weren't going in the right direction. So right. I think that's part of the, the, the joy of when you do get those great days, you're like, wow, I just, you know, this is not easy. And I just accomplished something pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And now for a quick break, we bring in our sponsor, Enterprise Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Enterprise Bank and Trust knows that every business and every person is unique. That's why they get to know you in a way that the large financial institutions don't. They are our banking partner here at the STL Leaders, and I highly recommend that you check them out. To learn more, visit enterprisebank.com. And now, back to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. Let's shift gears here a little bit. Um, talk to me a little bit about kind of your view on leadership, uh, mental toughness. You know, we just kind of spoke about this, but, you know, golf is definitely a mental game and you have to have some leadership skills, I believe, to, to be a, a, a good golfer. Talk to me a little bit about that and kind of maybe your preparation when you go into a tournament. Yeah, the one thing that I that I liked about golf was also kind of the tough thing is that if I had a bad day, Brian, I had to wear it. You know, yeah. you could you could be playing left field, go for four, and the team's on a ten game winning streak, and no one's really too paying too much attention. You yeah. know, and and um, it, it was also the thing that I loved the most. I mean, I have four daughters, so I could I could rearrange my schedule, so I I, I could I missed a lot of things. I sure did, but I could I also made a lot of things that other dads would have you know missed because of their regular um, work schedule. So I really enjoyed that and being able to design and be my own boss. I'm a self-motivator. I think um, um, if I could give anyone any advice and I'm not that egoic minded to think I know much of anything, but I would say you really need to be and live authentically. And for a lot of my years, I didn't do that. I was doing things for other people and for not reasons that were, necessarily true uh in my heart and with that heart i also mean your gut your gut my gut is a very strong leader for me it, it helps me with right from wrong it helps me decide things and it's uh, one of the things i talk to my daughters about it's your brain is one thing but you have this gut that um 
can really, really serve you well when decision making, when meeting people. You know, sometimes you meet people and you're just naturally attracted to them. And other times you meet people, Brian, and you just have this sense like, gosh, something just doesn't feel right or something just is off a little bit. And that's not your brain. That's your gut as far as from, from my perspective. Yeah. And so I've talked to my daughters a lot about that. And we still talk about that. And some of my closest circles, my buddy, John Perlis, who does a show with me and my, my dear friend and my brother, Bart, you know, we talk about this stuff all the time and, and um, how we trying to uh, create and be a part of a culture that is kind and, and that is honest and that is hardworking and that wants to be focused on love and some of those positive things that we all believe in that are really kind of hokey in today's world and, you know, don't get a lot of play on social media and things like that. That's kind of the things that, um, that are important to me. And uh, I, I read a book not long ago, Brian, that, um, that, talk, uh, that talked about doing things that matter to you. And um, I think that goes hand in hand with the authenticity that I spoke about. If you're involved with stuff that gets you out of bed and, and, and you know, gets your uh, blood pumping, it's because that stuff matters to you. And I right. feel like some of the discontent, some of the, <clears throat> even the anger and the ill will and the things that we see in today's world is that people are so not into the stuff that matters to them and they're caught up in the wrong, uh, man, the wrong, they're just the wrong stuff. And they're, they're too involved in social media. You know, one of the things, social media is, a, is, is great and it has a real place in our lives. But with some of the younger kids po continually posting these days that I would tell my daughters or I go, guys, these are their grand slam day. They're on vacation with their family and they're posting a, a picture of the beach and them, you know, holding a cocktail by the beach. That's not their life. They don't live like that every day. It's, it's, it's a snapshot and it's really cool. But I feel like social media has just misportrayed so much yeah. and given some voices to people that's great and everyone should have a voice, but there should be accountability, Brian, with those opinions where you just don't run over somebody on social media because you're having a bad day or you don't like them. Right. Like, what's the benefit? How does that help us? I just don't see that. It doesn't. So, <laughs> sorry for the long rant, but that's, no, that's I, really I, kind of how I see leadership and how I see where we are. It's there's such a great country we live in, Brian. I've had the fortune of working with David Faraday for probably about 10 years now and raising money for his troops first. I love the veteran stuff of Dan Rooney that I do as well. And it's, it's, this country just provides us this opportunity. Hell, you and I are speaking this morning. You know, in other countries, we might be censored or we might not have the ability to do that. We might not have been able to choose to do what you want to do. And I get to do what I want to do. And then we can network and get together and try and tell a story or, or help someone. Absolutely. And that's what, our, you know, that's what our country has provided. And I'm, I'm so grateful for that. And I'm so, you know, grateful for the, the networking and the things that have happened in my life that have given me Josh, way more than I deserve. Well, I mean, let's talk about the networking piece. I mean, that's how we got connected, right? And um, so it's it's absolutely, it's very, very valuable. And I appreciate you sharing that with us this morning. 
I also want to talk a little bit about kind of your new venture that we were just discussing before we got on. Talk about us, talk to us about your new venture and share that with my audience. Well, my partner, Karen Peslowski, and I have opened a wine bar at the intersection of Clayton and Mason Road in town and country called Wild Crush Wine Barn. And the barn, uh, the N is in parentheses on the barn because Bob Brinkman built an absolutely gorgeous uh, it's a new building that's made to look like an old, probably a hundred or two hundred year old barn on this property that um, Town and Country owns called Blacksmith Grove. And it is when we saw this property, we just absolutely loved it. And it's kind of a a family business. Uh, Karen's daughter Lexi uh, Pazlowski is our managing partner. She does a great job for us. I have my youngest daughter Joe, who's a senior at Narex High School, is working for us as one of the servers. And what we're, what we're doing is um, we have these self-dispensing wine machines, Brian. We're the only, I think we're the only people in the state. I heard that they were gonna put some in down in Springfield, Missouri, but I th- we're, we're definitely the only people in the city that have these self-dispensing wine machines. And I, I just welcome everybody to come out there. Our, our mission is to be kindness centric. Everyone is welcome. We don't care what color you are. We don't care what shape, sizes, you are. We don't care about your sexual orientation. We just want you to come in and be nice and kind. Enjoy some great music and some uh, some nice snacky type foods. We're working on pizza options and flatbreads and we have charcuterie and some sandwiches made by Mike Chadwick and his wife Meredith at Honeybees on their food truck. And so uh, we have this spectacular patio in the back brand that overlooks a waterfall and kind of a Sounds beautiful. Uh, oh my gosh. It, it's, you know, when we were sitting there thinking about this, we love the wineries out West and in, in West St. Louis, but we're not, I'm not um, personally a fan of Missouri wines and I'm also <laughs> not a fan of the drive home. Yeah. But, agreed. <laughs> you know, so we took, we took the concept and we moved it in and we have wonderful wines from all over the world, France and Italy and Germany and New Zealand and um, Argentina and a lot of Californians as well. But we have a patio uh, brand. It's just badass. It's beautiful. There's, it's just right where you want to come and hang out with friends. And so hopefully we're creating this culture and this environment that is warm, friendly, and kind. And you can come out and hang out with us. Absolutely. Well, I, I definitely will be out there to check it out. I hope anybody listening to this uh, show and this episode will also check it out. Jay, I always end my podcast by asking my guests to leave us with a piece of advice. So whether that's on golf, whether that's on starting a new business, or whether that's just personal life, what could you leave us with today? Oh, gosh, I think I'd just kind of go back to to try to find what matters to you. You know, um, you have the opportunity in, in the United States to do anything. You know, you're only limited by your own uh, by your own thinking. I mean, obviously, if you're five foot two, the, uh, the chances of playing in the NBA are very, very slim. But <laughs> within reason, you know, most of these boundaries are open and they're limitless. And try to find out, try to find and hang out and do things that matter with you. And it doesn't seem like, at least for me, Brian, it doesn't seem like I've worked a whole lot in my life. I, I've been doing stuff that I love. I know how fortunate I've been that that's kind of worked and come together. The universe has created that for me and uh, God has enabled this whole thing to happen in the way that it does. But it there's still challenges and there's things like that. And don't be afraid 
to uh, fail because there's so much we learn from our failures. Um, Dan Rooney said something really special on this past week's podcast to me. He said he tries to encourage everybody to jump in before they're ready. You know, because so many people wait, wait and say, well, once I get this, I'll do that. And once this is in a row and then I get this and I do that, then I'll go and I'll do what I want. And it life to, and Brian, you know that it, life doesn't work that way. Right. You know, well, sometimes you got to just jump in. Yeah, I'm living proof of that. I, uh, I started this podcast uh, June of last year, I guess it was. And I, uh, I had no clue what I was doing. Um, and I, you know, I tried to do a little research and I just, I finally just said, I'm just going to do it. And if you listen to my very first episode, which is of Rob Teshner, call sign Cujo, who was a you know, basically top gun air force pilot in the United States air force. And you listen to the way I, I prepared and I did that podcast to the way my podcast now sounds today. It is drastically, drastically different. And sometimes I'm embarrassed, uh, about how bad the first episode sounds, <laughs> but when I look, when I look back, I, I tell people, look, I didn't know what I was doing, but I didn't just sit and wait. I just jumped in and I did it. And yeah, it sounds terrible, but you know, the, now, now I've got to kind of got it figured out and I got a groove going and, and it's, uh, it's been a wildly successful podcast, but I could have continued to sit and wait and try to figure it out and have all the, uh, the I's dotted T's crossed as they say, but, um, I just did it and I'm glad I did it. And I, I haven't looked back. Yeah, just just wonderful. I feel the same way with the golf show. And so, you know, it's like, yeah, was that very good? Nope. But it was a starting point. It was <laughs> exactly. It was, it was a part that we jumped off on. Yeah, exactly. Well, Jay, on behalf of myself and the STLers podcast, I appreciate what you're doing here in our community of St. Louis. I appreciate how the PGA and the PGA Tour is bringing light to our community and all that you're doing for our community here in St. Louis. And I ask that you continue to be a great STL leader for our community. And thank you for coming on today. Oh, it's been a sincere pleasure. Thanks for having me, Brian. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. That was a great episode with Jay Delsing. I hope you stay tuned for next week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast.